Ben Harbor, Michigan is a unique place on the lake that is home to less than 10,000 people with the hearts of a million. From the outside looking in, there's a strong emphasis on place, the location on Lake Michigan and easy access to I-94. But this series focuses on the people and their view of leadership, influence, and power, and how it impacts the 49022. So we're excited to bring this series to you. And today we have Mrs. Bertha Carson King. We're so excited. Let me just give you a little overview of Mrs. King, which a lot of us call her Aunt Bertha. Yeah, it's just because we just love her so much. <laughs> so um, I will not read her whole bio because she, listen, if you want to know about Miss Bertha, I'm going to probably send you like a website. We're going to have like a bio for her because her bio, listen, she's phenomenal. Let's just say this. She's an author. She's a motivational speaker. She's an educator. She's a consultant. Um, she's a wife of over 50 years. So, you know, there's plenty of wisdom there. Thank you very much. And she don't look a day over 50 herself. Just saying, like, how are you married for over 50 years and you don't look like you're over 50? Like, come on now. And she's a mother and grandmother. So we're just so happy to have Mrs. King here and just her wisdom to share with us today, since we're actually recording in Ben Harbor and we're actually inside of the Center for Better Health of Ben Harbor. So right after we record this episode, Miss Bertha gonna get to work. <laughs> so thank you for having us. Thank you for being with us today, Mrs. King. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. So let's talk about these stories that you've collected, which to be honest, you collected more stories than everybody. So we were just like, okay, all right. And there's such a range of stories that you collected. So we're just like, okay, there's no way we're going to get through this in one episode. And so we're definitely going to need like a part two. We're definitely going to need one because you all are going to need to hear about these stories. But we're going to do almost a progression of age. So um yeah, when we're continuing to talk about leadership and everything. But my first question to you, Ms. Bertha, is what made you say yes to collecting these stories? Because there are so many wonderful people in Benson Harbor, and we've heard all of the negatives, such as can anything good come out of Benson Harbor? And I always tell people that you have to come into the heart of the city in the township and surrounding areas in order to understand the greatness that is a part of Benton Harbor. It's not the negative always, but it's so many positive things, so many people who give so much of themselves to make things happen. I also, and it's like, even when we're doing this series is, I know we're highlighting heavily on the stories that you all have, well, even myself have collected, but I also want to hear from you, like, what does leadership look like for you? Or, or you know what, let me go back. Yeah, no, I want you to answer that one first. And then I'm going to go on to my next question. But what does leadership um, influence or power even look like for you in this city? Leadership and influence looks to me like somebody who's walking in their purpose. Somebody who 
can assess the situation, uh, have compassion for those in the situation, and then have the wherewithal in terms of knowledge and skills be able to address the situation and then be able to uh, walk among the people uh, with the sense of, I hear what you're saying and I'm working to be a servant in the process of being your leader. So what, I guess, if you could share like one small story, especially during COVID, because even um, since March, a couple of, well, a lot of us have gotten together and become influencers for the city and just being able to give that information to residents of the city and the township, um, which has all still been Harbor. But what example or what story would you have when it comes to influence that just really stands out to you? Like any any signs of leadership and influence that you've seen even over the past, ooh, gosh, nine months have you seen? I think what I've seen uh, in the way of leadership are the people who are in many organizations coming together to say, we have a problem and we're going to, if it's food, we're gonna give food. If it's clothing, we're gonna give clothing. Um, if it's prayer time, we're gonna to pray together, no matter what denomination or where people come from. I think people are ready for, I don't even wanna say change, I think people are ready for a rebirth in the process of all of this pandemic situations. They're ready to come from wherever they were, uh, whether it be negative or whatever, to a place where they can say, I hear what you're saying and I want to be in the mix of whatever it takes to fix it. So it's hard to pull one example, you know, it's just, it's a collectiveness of people. And, and, and I would even say, RJ, that even though we hear a lot about racism and we hear a lot about um, the things that are pulling us apart, I've watched so many people of all races pull together behind the scenes and uh, walk, you know, toward each other rather than apart from one another. That's good. So we're going to hop into Terrell's story. So um, before we actually hear from him, I want to hear from you, even receiving most of the information that you got from him, or just what was some moments for you that was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I could I could resonate with that. Or even taking it one step further, um, what was so special about even interviewing Terrell? Because that's I think that's what's so cool about all the stories that we've collected. It's been both people that have been behind the scenes and people that have been in leadership, we feel like, for forever, but just haven't gotten there just due. So 
What's so special about Terrell's story? I wanted to interview Terrell because Terrell is one of the most humble, caring, spiritual, uh, loving young father, grandfather that you would hope to see. He goes out of his way to uh, make a difference in the lives of, of so many people in this community. He's one of those unsung heroes. And yet when he steps up to a mic, this man has talent oozing. I wished I had a voice like that. I would never stop singing. They would say, would you please be quiet? And I'd say, I can't stop. <laughs> I have to go on. He's, you know, he, he makes you, he inspires uh, you and gives you the sense that uh, there, there are some positive black men walking around who you don't hear about. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as you do the others who are in the news for whatever their lifestyles create. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to interview him because I wanted people to, to see some of the greatness that's in Benton Harbor in the way of a, a male. And within this interview that you did with Terrell, or I like to even call them conversations because I don't even really think they were interviews. They were just more candid conversations. He talks about um, people of influence. So can you give me a little bit about that? I know we're going to hear from him, but I know he talks about people of influence and then we'll just go right into hearing from Terrell. Okay. Terrell is not shy about saying who has been an influence in his life. Um, and I know that he goes to Brotherhood Church of God of Christ with Pastor Atterbury and he has great respect for his for his pastor. And he's from just a, a, a long line of gospel greats in the city of Benton Harbor that he's walked with and sung with since he was a, a, a young boy. And now to see him as a man and he could just, um, you know, he just exudes that sense of knowing that we got this. Yeah. We got this and we, we can we can make things work. Okay. So we're gonna quick hear from um Terrell as he talks about people of influence. Pray more, you know. <laughs> I mean that's that's something that you know you can never you can never say enough. Yeah. You know, you can never say enough to you know encourage people and how things gonna get better. You just gotta hold on and keep believing and keep trusting God and, yes. and, and our lives gonna get better. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's the thing that will help us to survive, don't you think? Oh yeah, most definitely. It's just the thing. How did others influence you? Uh well I guess uh just the experience and and what they do and and how they do it in the way they did, you know, they stayed true to um, what they were doing, and mm -hmm. they never, they never wavered. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's one thing to see somebody tell you to be encouraged and hold on, but you see them not not being not holding on and not being encouraged. But if you see somebody standing on the rock and continue to trust in God and continue to stand on the rock and believe in the system and you know what, believe that everything's going to work out, mm -hmm. that's that's encouraging within itself. Yes. And let's just take the other opposing view of it. What what have you seen 
So Terrell is talking about in that particular clip, he's talking about when it comes to influence and even leadership and how someone can tell you to hold on, but they're not holding on him themselves, which was even huge for me, even when I hear from people that I look up to, or even it could be a boss or whatever, or whomever, when they're telling you to just hold on during during the storm, but they're not actually modeling that. But he's actually saying like, no, I look up to those of influence that actually model that, those characteristics or that behavior, which I think is something we don't even really talk about. Like we were used to giving that advice, but then not really acting on it ourselves, which I think is huge for him to talk about. So even from that clip, like, what does that do for you? Um, I think it's, it's, it's a very real issue uh, that he's talking about, uh, but I think it brings it home to us that it's not what you do while you're in the storm, but it's how you come out of it and the message that you are able to give to others. And that is you have to be steadfast, even in the middle of this coronavirus, the news is not often good, but you have to find good in the midst of it and be able to tell people that I I know you're struggling. I know you've had some heartaches, you've had some losses, but look, we've got to get through this. And it's going to take strong faith. And it's going to take uh, wisdom and determination to be able to cipher through what's real and what isn't real uh, in order to make it to the point of survival. Mm. So even with Terrell's interview and coming up, even Kina's and um, Benita's, what do you think was the common theme even for the three of these stories that we'll be hearing? Were they, were they leadership? Were they were they influence? Were they power? Was it just a number of things? Like what what was the com- like I said the common thread for all three of them? I think it was uh, believing in themselves and truth. Mm. Having truth. If you've got truth in the process of everything you can move forward because you got something powerful to hold on to. And then all of them had faith. And I think that's something that we, uh, we often try to put as the last thing on the agenda, mm-hmm. but, but, but faith is very important. Wherever you stand on um, religious beliefs or whatever, you have to have faith in who you are and faith in the power that keeps you motivated, that keeps you moving to that place of, of, of survival. So I'm so glad you said motivated because that's our next clip from Terrell. <laughs> you asked him what motivates you. So <laughs> before I even start his clip, I want to ask you, because I mean, even with <laughs> with starting these with doing these stories, like seriously from day to day, what motivates you, Miss Bertha? You know what motivates me is family. I love my family. 
and it, it's not just immediate, but it's extended family as well. I love them. And it really is not important to me. Uh, I want you to love me back, but that's that's not my motivation. My motivation is no matter what you say, what you do, or how you treat me, it all comes back to how I treat you, what I say about you, and what I do to you. And if I love you, I'm standing on that, that I got to do right, even if you don't. That motivates me to keep going. So, you know, when somebody else can call me, they do whatever. But when I know that I am loved by those close to me, boy, that propels me to another level mm. of making it another day. Okay, so, because, you know, I could talk to you all day. You know, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> all day long. I could be having to go somewhere. I got an appointment. But if we get into a conversation, I'll just stay and just talk to you. That's just how we do. Um, but I'm going to segue <laughs> and I'm going to go into, um, Terrell's going to talk about what motivates him. Uh, the biggest reason for me, uh, like I say, I just want to see people blessed. You know, uh, I want to see people happy and smile. You know, you don't never want to see other people, anybody cry, you know, over sorrow or, or hard times or hardship. You don't, you don't want to see it. You want to see them blessed. They crying in happy tears, you know. <laughs> and that does your heart well. And it, you know, it warms you. Matter of fact, there's a time uh, I saw a people, person on the side of the road and they were struggling to get their car back going. And uh, I, I did a U turn on the highway and went back and helped them out. I was able to supply a jack. Get the car jacked up, get the tire put on, and it just, man, it just made my day. It was just like, wow, the good deed yes. just really yes. does your heart real well. You know, you know it's, it's like, like things, things that money, that money can't buy. Exactly. 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 And the joy that comes from that and trying to explain that to people who are taking pictures. so difficult. So Terrell gives this story of someone being basically stranded <laughs> stranded on the side of the road and him pulling over and helping them change their tire and just how that just did him just so much good that day how he just felt like man I could just and I kind of feel like I remember him posting about that on Facebook I I, I kind of feel like I know this a little bit about this story but then even at the the end when you said you know it it does you some good but it's it's totally different if you if you're always a taker if you're not really used to putting out that positive energy instead of draining it from someone else but what did that story even do for you like how did you connect with that story well i connected because it's it's a lot of how i live it's it's coming out of your comfort zone uh, of your little bit to uh, add and make a deposit to somebody else's uh, self-esteem bank uh, to give them some support. Uh, and usually when you come away from that, and that's why I could identify with it, because you come away feeling like you just paid. You may have a dime in your pocket, but when you can see somebody smile and say, wow, thank you. I didn't expect this. 
Boy, that is such a good feeling. And that's what the tankers can't deal with. Because <laughs> they're so busy trying to figure out how to finagle their way through something, manipulate. They, they miss all that stuff. But when you can just take a moment and say, you know what? I feel so good that I've deposited in somebody's life uh, what they needed, what they what they um had a desire for and didn't know always how to get it, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. And even when we talk about what motivates us and even looking around us and even when we're on our influencers calls on Friday, well, it's now it's every other Friday, it's bi-weekly now, but you know, we, we wait to listen from, you know, those that have been in the game longer than us. Um, we listen to those that um, have a response after listening to what we have to say, which is huge. And just how we can all work together. And that continues to motivate me. And even um, like my mom, when I when I tell her I'm on a call, I'm like, yeah, I'm on the call with Miss Bertha. Like, I'm on the call with Miss Bertha. And she said, you need to just listen to what they have to say. And I, I think that even growing up, I've always looked to my elders and just like, listen, even putting a handle on it, like Miss Bertha. And but my mom also said that, but we can learn a lot from you all as well, as far as leadership and has and how leadership has been changing even within the city. Um, yes. What does that look like for you or how do you even feel about that? Because I know we're going to go into um, Terrell's going to talk about strong leadership in Ben Harbor, but I wanted to know what does that look like for you? Strong leadership for me is being able to know how to compromise, to, to be able to reach across aisles uh, of differences and be able to be sensitive to the needs of, of, of all of the people that you serve. Um, and uh, creating opportunities for dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then when you see that there is vision, you're able to get people to the table who understand those who have those grievances and to be able to say, I don't always understand what happened in the situation, but here's what we can do based on what you're sharing to try to address those concerns. Mm -hmm. And you got to do that if you're going to move ahead successfully in any venture. And I, 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 I just want to say, Renika, that there are people who say, I have this calling to come into Benton Harbor and I want to do this for these people. But if you don't have the people at the table sitting down with you while you hammer out what the needs are. If you don't ask me what I most need that will help me to get to the next level, you're not helping me. Mm -hmm. You're only going to help me when you and I know what the issues are and uh, know what it's going to take to, um, to get those needs met. 
that is so spot on because we even have um, like even over the summer, we had a small group of teens that talked about COVID and George Floyd and just how it just kind of shaped their last year of high school, how they just really wanted to talk about all that. And we got to the table, well, we got to the circle, the social distance circle, and we said, we want to hear from you. And they're like, what? You want to hear from us? Yeah, you all are the new leaders. We want to hear what you have to say. So we're going to listen and you're going to tell us what you need. And that's the only way we're going to move forward. We're not going to keep going, going ahead saying like, oh, this is what you need. Telling them, well, this is what you need. It's like, no, it's affecting them. What do you think that you need? And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's so important when it comes to leadership. Like if you even say, I need you to fix empire. Empire is now done. (laughs) Like I need you to listen to us. We need to go down empire, Um, which is is huge, but we're going to hear from Terrell um, when he talks about strong leadership and Ben Harbor. As a unit to get things accomplished, like um, a few weeks ago, they came together and they painted the street, Black Lives Matter. I think that was a blessing to all, you know, something, you know, and that what that's what we got to lean on, unity. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we'd be like crawdads in the butt, you know what I'm saying? Trying to keep each other from getting to the top. And it's not trying to prevent anybody from getting to the top. It's about us coming together, being strong, and being one unit, and getting accomplished what we need to get accomplished to get this city back on the right track. Right. Um, what what change in particular do you notice lately that you're seeing? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I haven't really seen one. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been praying, you know, that God, you know, give us some kind of light at the end of this tunnel. Because um, it's kind of dark right now. You know, our, our kids are rampant, shooting, gun violence, and all types of stuff of that nature. And it, it's rough. It is. It is. Oh, my goodness. And, um, but we, we need natives like you. Thank That's you. right. Because people with hope. So Terrell talks about um people of the community both locally and in surrounding communities getting together to paint the black lives matter mural in front of ben harbor high school and how there was unity there but he's also saying that there is um we need light there's quite a bit of darkness right now going on in the city with the multiple shootings and um just what direction do we take for our young people? Because they're they're the ones that are mostly affected with everything that's going on. And um, even just having a shooting within the last couple of days, it's just, what do we do? What are we doing? What do we do? And what do you have to say about that? Like he, he touched on it and it's like, do we want to go there? But we need to talk about it because we haven't been talking about it. But like, what are your thoughts about that? Because he said there's, we, we just need that light. We need that light. For years, people said in Benton Harbor, um, others who are not from Benton Harbor, oh my goodness, the city is dead, you know. And my response to those people was, The city is not dead because as long as I live there, I'm alive. Mm. 
I'm the light that represents my city. And I walk in that light. I think Terrell is trying to say that the light is uh, so important for these dark days in the city. And that, yes, there is a violence, but there's violence everywhere. Mm -hmm. However, however, everywhere can't fix our city. Yeah. It's going to take us doing it. It's going to take us uh, to stop ignoring the critical issue of getting along, along with each other. Uh, the critical issue of being able to come forward when you see things happening that are detrimental to your city. It's going to take us coming into a place of light where we take our Black Lives Matter as well as expecting other people to take our lives uh, as a value and an appreciation. Uh, and so we, we've got to stop the hurt that so many of us have. I myself grew up with a lot of violence in my family and my life and a lot of heartache that if I dwell on it, hurts even today. Mm -hmm. And even though I choose not to walk around with the gun or look for people to do something to, I recognize that there are other people who don't have those values. Mm -hmm. and, be and because of that, we have to be careful how we talk to people. We have to be careful how we interact with people because you don't know when you're the last straw for a person that's on the edge because of unemployment, mm -hmm. because of drugs, because of caregiving, because of, of you know, so many issues that they're, they're dealing with. So it's going to take all of us working together to try to, get the message out that, that it's time for us to come together and stop the violence. Woo. I guess, you know, when I listen to Terrell's um, conversation with you, I didn't think about how even this subject would even impact me so much. Um, you know, hearing about it, seeing, seeing it, reading it, um, just, it's almost like, what can we do? What can we do? Um, and I think it's really having more of these conversations and then taking action in whatever way that we can, um, even if it is using this platform for talking about it. Um, but yeah, it, and it all ties back into influence, leadership, and, and power. All right, y'all. We are halfway through the series. Can you believe it? I can't either. Anyway, so that wraps up part one of our conversation with Miss Bertha. Don't you just love Miss Bertha? So you have to come back next week to catch part two. You do. It's some great, great stories wrapped up in our conversation with Miss Bertha, and you have to come back for more. So we will see you next week for this special series of the Please Do Tell podcast, Everyday People of the 49022. See you then.